Welcome to Dodgers Daily. I'm Casey Porter. I'm so glad that you decided to tune in. What a day it was in the organization yesterday. The walk-off from James Altman, the four runs in the ninth inning, and then it was almost an organizational sweep. Everybody except for Great Lakes won, and Great Lakes, they were so close. They took a lead into the ninth inning yesterday, but could not hold on. So almost an organizational sweep. It was a great day. Not just great, it was super exciting action as well highlighted by the James Altman walk-off. Hey, so we have a lot to get into, but before we do, just a reminder, we do have a link to our GoFundMe account in our description if you'd like to help by donating. Also, hey, just a reminder, keep interacting with these videos, keep leaving comments, keep liking these videos, keep sharing these videos, keep spreading the word about Dodgers Daily so we can keep growing. These videos keep getting suggested, they keep getting watched, and we can keep growing and keep doing what we love to do, which is providing these videos in the future. So again, a lot to talk about. The James Outman walk-up, Julio Urias started, Michael Grove from a couple of days ago. We haven't talked about that as well. Also, the trade with Kike Hernandez coming. So the Dodgers were up against it. They were down four runs going into the ninth inning, knowing that Arizona and San Francisco had both won their games. So it just looked like for all the world, the Dodgers were dead in the water. They were going to give up a game. They have a four-game lead right now. They're 58-42. and 42. But it looked like they were going to give a game back and only be three games up on both Arizona and San Francisco. And check out the Padres. They are 49-53. and 53. They are seven games back from the wild card. So the question, one of the questions for today, will the Padres make the playoffs? Again, seven games back in the wild card race. It does not look like that's going to happen at this point. You would think at some point by now they would have gotten hot and reached their stride. They have not done that, but we know how talented they are. So, hey, do you think the Padres being seven games back will make the playoffs? Okay, so before we get into last night's action, before we get into Michael Grove, his performance, and some of the things that have happened, how about the trade for Kike Hernandez? Of course, from a guy who covers prospects, Nick Robertson, Jacob Amaya, and Ryan Oda. They were the first three guys that I ever got to interview in the Dodgers minor league system when I started Dodgers Daily. So you can better believe that Nick Robertson is very dear you know, as far as the coverage that I've given because, you know, hey, man, I've known this guy as long as anybody in the organization. He's always been extremely gracious. Every time I've reached out, every time I message, he always responds. And he is just a super first-class individual. He's out of Virginia. Then he went to James Madison. Awesome dude with great stuff. Super, super bummed that he's not going to be with the Dodgers anymore, but super excited for him. Hey, you know, this is a win for Nick Robertson because – the Dodgers, they like to go get Ryan Brazier. They like to go get, you know, guys like Yinsi Almonte signing to minor league contracts. They picked up Brazier off of waivers. They picked up, uh, if you remember, they picked up uh, Evan Phillips off of waivers as well. So they just don't simply value right-handed relief pitching like some other organizations do. And because of that, I don't think Nick Robertson was ever going to get the type of runway with the Dodgers that he needs. I think if he gets plenty of runway with the Red Sox or if they send him off somewhere else, whatever may happen there, I think that he is going to show just how good he is at the major league level. And then also Justin Hageman 
This dude's good, man. He's been in AAA since the beginning of last year. He's the three-quarter slot. And here's another aspect of that. Nick Robertson, East Coast guy, Virginia. And then also Justin Hageman. He's from Voorhees, New Jersey. Both guys getting shipped back to the East Coast, closer to where they grew up, closer to their family. So I think that's a win from Boston. I don't think there's any doubt about it that Boston won as far as you know, who are they are getting in return? They're getting really good return. They're getting two guys that, in my opinion, will stick in the major leagues. And, you know, especially now, like I said, going back to the East Coast, getting a little bit more comfortable there. And then the Dodgers, they win too because they get the right handed bat they want. They get another shortstop option that can play shortstop, another defensive, maybe substitution in the outfield if Dave wants to maneuver. And they get a guy that the Dodgers are very comfortable with. They know Kike Hernandez will fit right into the clubhouse. And they also know, I've said this many different times, the Dodgers, every move they make has to be oriented towards, does this make us better for the playoffs? Kike Hernandez, we've seen he's it, the playoffs aren't too big of moments for him. So I think his playoff performances in the past, the fact that he was on the 2020 World Championship team, that played a big role in bringing him back. So I think it was a good deal for both. Both I think it was a good deal for the players. I think as far as Nick Robertson and Justin Hageman, I think it was a good deal for Boston. They're getting two good relievers. And I think the Dodgers are getting you know good enough return for a AAA reliever in Hageman who's never made the major leagues. And a guy with limited experience that was probably – fairly well blocked at the major league level, and Nick Robertson. I think they got just about as good as they could have out of that trade. So kudos to everybody around. You know, I think this was just – I've talked about it before. The Red Sox and Dodgers, they've been good trade partners in the past. So I think this was a really good situation. Okay, so let's get into the Monday game. Obviously, the Dodgers lost that. It was their second loss in a row. But who I wanted to talk about was Michael Grove. He has a lot more swing and stuff, uh, missed stuff now. His fastball's still getting hit, but he's turned to his secondaries. He's thrown strikes with them. He's added the cutter. Okay, Grove gave up. He went 4.3 innings, I should say. He gave up two runs, and he came out after four and two-thirds innings. But he had six strikeouts, no walks. And if you go back to the beginning of July, if you remember the outing that he had against the Angels, to where the Dodgers had a routine ground ball to second base. Yanni Hernandez had just been inserted in the game. And if they just turn a routine double play, Michael Grove only gives up two runs in that outing, but you can't assume a double play. So the next hitter, Shohei Itani, and he hits the two-run bomb. Now, obviously, that's on Grove. But if the Dodgers just play routine defense, he would have only given up two runs in that game. And if that were to be the case, the Dodgers just play routine defense, Grove's ERA this month, okay, would be 225, and he would have 19 Ks in five walks. So, hey, he might be the guy that gets squeezed out of the rotation. That's fine. I think no doubt about it. I don't even think there's a debate about it. He doesn't go back to AAA. I think he has definitely earned a spot in the bullpen. Maybe that guy in middle relief, a piggyback situation, the guy you bring in, if a starter just doesn't have it that night and you need to pull him, say, in the third inning, you know, a guy that can extend two, three innings, he's shown that he can go through a lineup two times, you know, now. So that's all you would ever need him to do in the bullpen. So I think Michael Grove has definitely earned that. Bruised our Gratterall gave up a run, okay? But again, 
Gratterall has been way better than Dodgers fans. I've said it a lot. I've given him credit for his ERA. It's just 187 on the year, and he has gone scoreless in 12 of his last 13 outings. His whip on the year is just 118, and his strikeout-to-walk ratio is 3.6 to 1. So, yeah, he doesn't strike out a lot of guys, but he also doesn't give up any freebies either. So, when you put those two together, the strikeout-to-walk ratio is actually very good. So, although Bruce Dark Gratterall gave up the run on Monday, he still has been absolutely fantastic for the Dodgers. Phil Bickford, here's another question. What do you do with him? He gave up the three runs on Monday. So, do you keep Phil Bickford on the roster? Do you go and trade for relief help or does Michael Grove do you go get a reliever then Michael Grove takes his spot on the 26 man roster and that squeezes him out what do you do with Phil Bickford leave me a comment tell me what you think about that and then Yancy Almonte Evan Phillips Ryan Brazier boy how good has Brazier been okay so the offense obviously it was a little bit stagnant you know Monday you, you scored early and then and then you got stagnant it looked like that was going to happen again last night till you scored the four runs but you did score in five innings last night. That was fantastic. Freddie Freeman, he had home run number 21. For Freddie Freeman, that was hit 108.4 off the bat. It traveled 442. Very happy feet. Freeman is first in the National League in OPS at 10.01. He's also first in the National League in slugging at 5.88. He's second in the National League in batting average at 3.31. And he's also second in the National League in hits with 131. And he's third in on-base percentage, 423. And he's fourth in RBIs with 71. And he has 21 home runs, which is in 12th place in the National League. So this dude, Freddie Freeman, is absolutely 100% completely elite. J.D. Martinez hit home run number 25 last night. He traveled 108.7 miles an hour and 416 very, very happy feet. Martinez has hits in five games in a row, and he's five for his last eight. He's also hitting 357 in his last seven games. His OPS is 995 in those seven games. This dude has been a great slugger for the Dodgers. He's been an absolute great pickup, and he's one of the huge reasons why the Dodgers have the best offense in the National League. How about James Altman? He was a perfect three for three. He also drew two walks, and he had his fifth multi-hit game just this month. He also has hits in 12 of the 18 games this month of July, so he's been extremely consistent. He's had a great month of July where he's hitting 318 in his last seven games. He's hitting 289 in his last 15, and he's hitting 277 in his last 30 games. James Altman's on-base percentage this month, check this out. 394 and with his speed that's a weapon for the Dodgers offense Altman's OPS this month is 849 so he is having a great month and he got the ninth inning started last night he got the single Rojas got the single Will Smith got the single then you had uh, the walk by Muncie you had the base hit by Taylor where Smith came around to second base to tie it that was super exciting. The Dodgers came back from the dead against they were again their backs were against the wall because both San Francisco and Arizona had won. They were going to give up games to both of those teams. They found a way to tie the game in the ninth, and then in the tenth inning, 
James Altman after Yanni Hernandez can't get the bunt down. James Altman with the heroics, the double off the top of the wall, something I have seen a bunch in Oklahoma City last year. He had two grand slams and two cycles in the first cycle. He actually ended that cycle and, and reached the cycle in his last at bat, which was a walk-off home run. So James Altman, it just seems like the moment is never too big for him. I call them the it factors. Whatever those it factors are, he has all of them. So James Altman having a great month and had a dramatic night last night and a dramatic walk-off. Mookie Betts, how about him? He started the game in the second inning. He had a huge hit. He threw the runner out at home plate. He had the big hit in the ninth inning. So Mookie Betts was fantastic as well. It was super exciting. Pitching-wise, Julio Urias, okay, I'm going to say this point blank, wasn't necessarily a terrible outing, six Six innings, three runs. He hung a couple of pitches. His peripherals actually weren't bad last night, but he cannot, as far as that performance he gave last night, the the way that he's pitched lately, that can't be your ace. This is my point in the trade deadline. I don't care who it is. I don't care necessarily what prospect capital, to a point, obviously. If you have to overpay what I'm saying, I don't have a problem with it. The Dodgers, they can't win a World Series with their number one ace giving up three runs and pitching like Urias has as of late. And, you know, Clayton Kershaw, you don't know how healthy he's going to come back. Dustin May is not coming back. Bueller may be able to come and help, but he's not going to be in the ace role. The Dodgers have to figure out a way to get a a guy that they can throw out there in the first game of the playoffs and match the other team and not have to rely on, on miraculous comebacks, not have to rely on the bullpen being absolutely completely perfect. Because, you know, I mean, I know Brule wasn't perfect last night. By the way, Brule hadn't given up a run since May. But I, I just think last night, although very exciting, although very cool, you kept your four-game lead. I think it also accented the, the real glaring need to get a number one starter that will go out there and give you six innings. Although, Unius did give six innings last night. But, but just a shutdown guy that, hey, if your offense isn't scoring or, you, you know, whatever, give you a lead to where your bullpen doesn't have to be totally perfect and you don't have to come back in the ninth inning and win. So I think that, of course, we've talked about on a couple of shows, Austin's done a great job covering these guys. Is it Dylan Cease? Who might it be? Is it a guy that you think that, you know, fits your formula, that you could turn into a number one type pitcher? Whatever that formula may be, the Dodgers need to figure out how to get a guy that can be at the top of the rotation and be the type of guy that can win game one, in a playoff scenario. I think last night again highlighted that. Yancy Almonte, he was awesome out of the pen. How good has he been? Almonte went scoreless for his 15th outing in a row. Yes, 15 in a row for for Yancy Almonte, scoreless. And 17th of his last 18 have been scoreless. And 23 of his last 25 outings have been scoreless as well. So Yancy Almonte has been just simply fantastic so hey there was a great game last night it was super exciting the Dodgers came back and won they've been very scrappy they needed to win they haven't lost three games in a row for a long time they didn't so they found a way to win last night early game today so got to get out of bed we're going to see Kike Hernandez back in the Dodgers uniform today so super excited about that so let's not waste more time let's transition now to the minor leagues and the action in the minor league system for the Dodgers last night let's not waste more time let's get right to it let's take a trip down the farm
Wanted to start the AAA segment of this show, the AAA Oklahoma City Dodgers, with Trace Thompson, who last night had three hits on the evening, including this dead center home run. This was his first game back. He is on rehab. He got put on rehab yesterday. So wanted to show you Trace Thompson getting hot or starting out hot with AAA Oklahoma City. And he also had a double last night and a base hit. He played center field. So I wanted to show you Trace Thompson. He's back. I know a lot of the talk at the trade deadline was the Dodgers need a right-handed bat in the outfield. Johnny DeLuca, probably the only thing that was, that was you know, just a damper to last night was DeLuca came out, looked like it had hamstring issues. I don't have anything insight on that, so don't quote me on that. But, hey, the, a lot of talk has been the Dodgers need a right-handed stick in the outfield. Could Trace Thompson Thompson be that guy. He had a good night last night for AAA Oklahoma City. Hunter Fiducia had three hits last night for AAA Oklahoma City, including home run number eight. That home run that you're seeing was hit 99.7 miles an hour. Traveled 398 very happy feet. Fiducia also had a 102.7 mile an hour single. And so obviously he's finding the middle of the baseball. I was talking about with Fiducia, the young man out of Louisiana, that hey, as the season goes on, he gets stronger. We saw this last night. That was his second multi-hit game in his last five, so Fetty just keeps grinding. I can tell you there were some hops last night that were very difficult. The the infield was super hard. The ball was like it was like a trampling bouncing off the, the infield last night, and the ball carries just extremely well in Reno. So it was just a super hitter-friendly environment last night in Reno, and Mark Washington, the young man, six foot seven. Mark Washington came in and put up a zero in one and two-thirds innings, and he reached 97.5 on his four seam, and he threw that four seam for a strike 62% of the time. And he's on another heater. Mark Washington goes on heaters where he goes lots of outings in a row without giving up any runs. He's gone nine of his last 10. He has 17 strikeouts to just two walks at the beginning of June. Great job, Mark Washington. Now that Nick Robertson's gone, now that Justin Hageman's gone, I think that provides a clearer path as far as not having Washington, as many right-handed obstructions at the minor league level. If the Dodgers wanted to give Mark Washington and or a young man we're going to talk about here in a minute, Gus Varlin a look at the major league level. Miguel Vargas, young man, I just dropped an interview with a couple of days ago. He had two hits for AAA Oklahoma City, which I know you're going to say, hey, he's always hit at the AAA level. Not a big deal. So what I wanted to highlight here, 102 miles an hour off the bat. So it's the bat speed. It's the exit velocity of think Dodgers fans are looking for the most out of Miguel Vargas and so you got that last night he's hit uh, about four or five balls now over 100 miles an hour so that's very good to see and he has hits in three of his last four games he's hitting 282 in July for AAA Oklahoma City. Wardo had a dog two hits last night including his 21st double of 2023 and he hit 106.2 I love this young man's Hit tool. He hits the ball hard when he hits it. 106.2. That's a pretty hard hit ball. Ward has three multi-hit games in his last eight games played, and he's hitting 275 so far in June. OPS, or excuse me, so far in July. OPS 880. So the young man out of Millbury, Massachusetts, hitting the baseball well. Ryan Ward, six foot eight. Brian Hudson. We've seen him at the major league level this year. He went two scoreless last night. So him and Washington, Gus Varland, they all had good outings. You're talking about. 
Six foot seven, right-handed. Six foot eight, left-handed. Let me go ahead and repeat that. And then Gus Farland, who's hitting 98 miles an hour with serious spin on his four seam. Great vert on his slider. Hey, Hudson went two scoreless, struck out two, fastball hit 95, which is good for him, especially considering his spin was 2482, as high as 2482 on his fastball. So he was dealing last night, Hudson was. He's lowered his ERA down to 282, gone scoreless in his last two outings. So Good job last night, Brian Hudson. Gus Varland, in my opinion, needs a, needs serious, serious. Uh, they need to seri uh, seriously think about bringing him up to the major league level because this dude is absolutely pitching. Lights out. He's given up just three earned runs since June. Ninth, and he has 27 strikeouts but in 18.1 innings and just two walks since June 9. So he's been fantastic. Not just the results. He's he's also only issued two walks in his last 17 outings. That's good, too. But it's not just the results. It's also the peripherals. It's also the stat cast data and analysis. He hit 98.1. His spin was as high as 25.57, and he had 42 inches of vertical break on his slider. Not only was his slider that it have incredible depth last night, it had that depth, and he was still able to keep it in the zone 67 percent of the time so hey Gus Farland super right super super impressive there's no way you're going to go on the trade market and find a guy with better stuff than he is why not give him a shot I think the one guy that the Dodgers are probably most likely to lose or at least if it was up to me and I was another team I would be targeting your bit Vivas because this dude hey he, he he walks as much as he strikes out plus he has a batting average at 305 Plus, his OPS is 869. He's hit above 300 every month this year except for one. So he's been super consistent. He's slugged. He's hit for average. He's walked as much as he struck out. He's been very versatile defensively. He's played anywhere from third base to second base. He can do all of that for you. Your bit, Devos, there's a reason why he got put on the 40 band. Before that, that, there's a reason why the Dodgers protected him and Eddie's Leonard before the 2022 season. That's because he's very good, as he's shown this year. So, hey, if I was another team, Yorbit Vivas would be one of the top guys that I would make sure was in a trade package to get whoever the Dodgers are targeting because this dude is very, very good. Ben Kasparius, the young man out of Yukon, originally went to North Carolina, had a great outing. Boy, his stuff, man, when he's pitching backwards and he's throwing that nasty off-speed stuff, it is really, really good. Kasparius went four innings. He gave up no earned runs. Hey, how about this? There's that good slider. And then, look, that's strike one. That's what I'm talking about. When he lands strike one early in the zone like that and pitches backwards, there's another strike on a 1-1 count. See how he's pitching backwards with a slider, then a curveball, and then that sets up a 2-2 curveball that, that the hitter can't get. The middle of the baseball, that's Jose Ramos. So, very good job. Hey, he hit 97 last night, but then the best part of it right there, there's another 0-0 curveball pitch. He pitched backwards with that 97-mile-hour fastball. Remind you of the success that Michael Grove has had lately with the way that he has pitched as well. There's a great changeup as well. So, you saw all four pitches for him. So, hey, great job last night, Ben Kasparius. There was high drama last night in T-Town, downtown Tulsa, Oklahoma. This is Ricky Venasco. He came in and just slammed the door. That's Mike Antico from Texas. Cody Hosey, he had a couple of hits last night. We're seeing him right there, so good outing. 
for Ricky Venasco, who came in and recorded his first save of the year. As a matter of fact, Venasco has just been fantastic for the Dodgers. I remember they picked him up from Texas off of, I believe it was the waiver wire. Don't quote me on that. I think he had been DFA, and the Dodgers got him on this waiver wire. I'm not exactly sure, so don't get, don't quote me on that. But he has been fantastic so far in July. He's gone four scoreless outings in a row. His ERA is just 193, and his whip has been very good at just 0.43. He has eight strikeouts and no walks this month. So Ricky Venasco has done just a fantastic job. Ben Harris, we know how many guys he strikes out. It's all about keeping the ball in the strike zone for him, which he doesn't always do. He struggled with throwing strikes in his command this year. But, hey, when he's in the zone, he is very, very good. He closed the door on the fifth inning, closed that for Ben Kasparius, who went four and, I believe, a four and a third. Uh, don't quote me on that exactly, but I believe that's exactly what it was. Harris has gone two scoreless innings in a row, and he's recorded an average against this month of just 111. So, like I said, very tough to hit. Lots of swing and miss stuff. Just got to keep in the strike zone, Ben Harris. Moving now to the Great Lakes Loons. Hey, it was a dominant outing for six foot six Kendall Williams, who has a split change. If you remember, Kendall was on the IL for a while. He did not get ramped up until June 17th, but boy, has he been good since he has been back. He went five scoreless last night. He had five strikeouts, gave up just one hit, and like I said, he's been lights out. His five outings, his ERA is just 169. His average against is just 157, and he's given up just three walks. So great job, Kendall Williams. Great to see. Well, we know that Cal Baptist alum Damon Keith can absolutely rake, but hey, how about his defense? We'll watch this. Pick the baseball up. Perfect one-hop throw. Just an absolute hose to Taylor Young, and young man, you are out. By the way, that's the home plate umpire hustling all the way to second base. I wanted to show you that big-time hose from right fielder Damon Keith. Another really great outing for Ronaldo DePaulo, who gave up zero runs. I know the, the video is a little bit choppy here. I apologize for that. He gave up no runs, no hits, and had... No strikeouts and no walks, so zeros all across the board. You don't see that very often. DePaula has his ERA down to 291. His whip is down to one, and he has 44 strikeouts in 34 innings. He's gone scoreless in nine outings in a row. So great job, Reynaldo DePaula. Jack Dreyer has been straight nails for Great Lakes this year. He went scoreless last night for the fourth time in a row and five out of his last six. Dreyer's allowed runs in just five of his 30 outings this year. And has allowed more than one run just three times. So, Jack Dreyer, great job. The young man out of Iowa who has fought injury in his career, has made it back, has just worked extremely hard. Look at that big breaking ball. Great to see him have the success. So, keep up the great work. Jack Dreyer. Well, it wouldn't be a Great Lakes segment if I didn't get to brag on my man, Taylor Young, who had another big night last night. Two doubles, one oppo and one the pull side. He also had an RBI. He's on base three times. I'd call that some pretty good table setting. This is Taylor Young's second multi-hit game in a row. It's the sixth time in his last ten games he's had multi-hit games, and he has a six-game hit streak. He's 11 for his last 24. Oh, and by the way, as they say, in Bulldog land down there in La Tech, he's just getting started. Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, they played a lot of offense last night. They had 11 hits and 10 runs. They had one, two. They had three guys that had multi-hit games. Jose Izada had two hits and an RBI. Also, Josue de Paula, he had another. He had a one-hit game. He went one for three last night. Also had a walk, so he's on base twice. And then Theron Lorenzo, boy, he has been absolutely on fire. He had another three-hit game, three RBIs last night. Jorge Puerta. He had a hit as well. He went one for four. Rain Don Cone had a multi-hit game. 
He went two for four, had an RBI as well. And then Wilman Diaz, he had another hit. So Wilman Diaz, his average is up to 348. He had a hit. And then Luis Guetta, he went one for four last night as well to move his average up to 260. Rough night for Jared Kiros. He went one and two-thirds innings. Gave up five runs. Good night for Jonathan Edwards, who got the win. He moved to two and two on the season. He went two and a third innings. Gave up one hit. Gave up just one earned run. Had two strikeouts. Hey, two walks for him. That's been the key for him. Keep the ball in the strike zone. His stuff is very good. Sauron Lau, if you remember, he was with the Great Lakes Loons last year as a position player, mainly a third baseman, transitioned to pitcher. He went two and two thirds innings last night. Gave up no earned runs, just two hits, had three strikeouts, no walks. And then Ronaldo Yeen, the young man with the 100-mile-hour fastball, threw a scoreless inning last night as well, had a strikeout and a walk. And then Kelvin Ramirez came in and finished it. He threw one inning, and he gave up a run, had a couple of strikeouts. So, hey, the Rancho Cucamonga Quakes, good night last night. They beat the San Jose Sharks 10-7. So there you have it. Very busy show. Very exciting night last night. It was a lot of fun in the action. I hope you enjoyed today's show. I hope you tune in. Next time you'll see me will be tonight, Dodgers Dogs. That will be 6 o'clock Pacific. So tune in, Austin Brubaker. We'll be going live with that. Having a lot of good times with the Dodgers Dogs show tonight. So that's the next time you'll see me. Then in the, the next one of these videos will be Friday morning. I have a new co-host that, that will be coming Friday morning. One of my, my dear friends in life, he's going to help me on Fridays from here on out. So super excited about that. So make sure and tune in there. And so, hey, hope you enjoyed today's show. Before we get out of here, one last reminder. If you'd like to help, we have our Dodgers Daily GoFundMe account in the description. Also, don't forget to like this video, interact with this video, leave a comment, share this video, tell all your friends about Dodgers Daily. Make sure your, make sure your notifications are turned on. As always, I'd like to thank you for tuning in and say go Dodgers.